Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Off the Rails podcast. I am your host, Gregory. And with me, after a couple of long weeks, I have uh, your uh, I have my fellow co-host with me. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Rem. Uh, so if you folks don't remember, uh, this is um, Rem from, uh, I believe, episode, the official episode one of the uh, of the podcast. Uh, and today we're uh, we have some interesting topics to uh, to discuss. Nothing planned, of course, but uh, some ideas we uh, we discussed previously. Uh, Remy, you actually had something that you mentioned that you wanted to uh, to talk about. Would you like? Yes, to, uh... yes, it came to me in a dream. Specifically, in the dream, I was arguing with you about the millionaire tax. That, okay, that uh, that's, that that definitely sounds like something that we can definitely talk about for hours and hours on. <laughs> uh, but uh, okay, uh, would you like to start off with anything? Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, most of our listeners are going to be in Massachusetts anyway. But for those who don't know, the millionaire tax was a ballot initiative on the recent uh, statewide elections. Uh, introducing a new how did they put it a new tax bracket i think for those who make uh more than a million dollars a year uh will be taxed more and those taxes that tax money will be specifically but not so specifically used for transportation and education okay uh and we did just touch on that topic slightly um we didn't want to get too deep in before we started recording. Right. Uh, but uh, you said there that you agreed with the, with with, with like taxing uh, the uh, the more wealthy people. Um, so not necessarily. I said I said I think it's good intentions. Hmm. The idea of you know these people obviously have more than enough money for themselves. Let's take a little bit more of it and use that for ostensibly good causes uh education and transportation again i said specifically not so specifically because one of my biggest problems with the with the uh ballot initiative which did pass by the way is that uh there are a lot of ways to spend money on transportation and education i mean you could you could you know just give a couple billion dollars of subsidy to big car manufacturers and that's technically spending money on transportation right okay so you think that the money may not go to the right places yeah i think i i probably would have been more supportive of the ballot initiative if it were more specific about how that money gets spent because i don't i don't necessarily trust our government to spend money in the in the smartest ways <laughs> right no, okay of course uh i don't think there's uh much argument uh from my side here i uh, i agree um that they should be more specific and people should know what they're voting for um uh but then of course since the past there's not much that, uh, uh there's not much that we can do now but i definitely uh like uh, like i definitely think that if you're making like a lot of money or like uh, you know millions and millions or like a billion dollars or so um with the right laws with the specific right laws you should have to, you should uh have to pay more tax than someone who makes like 20 40 grand a year you know what i mean so they already had to pay more more total tax but not not necessarily a greater percentage it would be the same percentage of their income i believe interesting okay um yeah but uh, i mean like just uh just in general like obviously some some of those people worked uh really hard to get where they are like I'm not saying like take most of their money away, but uh, like of course like uh, you know just or in in any way should perform they should uh, well they are able to 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 give more to society so why not? Yeah, well again yeah. I, I I agree with the the general thinking behind it makes sense. Of course that uh, again like I was saying 
if it's not specific. Like I I I don't necessarily trust uh millionaires to always spend their money in, you know, the best ways that are going to help society, but right. I I I'd have to say in general, I trust our government even less to do that. No, I think that is uh I think that is fair and uh, like I also agree that that when they make laws about taxing the rich, uh, they should be more specific or they should make better guidelines to make sure that the money goes to the right places. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, I think we both in, in terms of like a, like a broad range, we, we agree on, on that. Uh, and, uh, and we also agree on, on the matter of the fact that, uh, that, um, that the uh, that the law should be more specific, you know, about who's spending what mm-hmm. and w- uh, where the money is going to, because uh, you know, obviously, if uh, so, if the law was more specific, if it was saying we would not give to like you know already rich people, we would give to like good solid infrastructure projects that are needed and things like that. You're saying that you you would support it. Or you would have. Probably, yes. I probably would have supported the measure if it were very specific about what that money is going to be used for. Right, and and which I think when you know when you're doing something that so many people out there disagree with, you should be specific so everyone knows. Even if they don't agree with it, everyone knows what side they're on and why. And uh, or or like I was saying, like. Uh, even if you don't like it, at least you know where the money's going, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. More uh, transparency in government. Right, right. Um, uh, but speaking of, uh, you know, like uh, um, just uh, wealth and money in general, do you believe, and this is a pretty big argument uh, out there, do you think that many people out there, like the millionaires and billionaires, they are uh, self-made? I think it. there are many who are self-made, many who are not self-made. I mean, obviously, there are millionaires and billionaires who, they were born into wealth. They, they've never worked. I mean, certain people come to mind. <laughs> uh, they were born into wealth, never worked a day in their life. But others uh, certainly did work hard. My father, for instance, is, uh, well, my parents are technically uh, millionaires, but Neither of them were born into wealth. In fact, my my dad actually, he grew up relatively poor, like lower middle class. Uh, so again, the one of the problems with any kind of legislation with which targets millionaires or billionaires is it's obviously going to be hard to distinguish between those two categories. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know some people. And uh, th- that's actually not something I've really thought about much, you know, like the self-made millionaires compared to the ones that are not self-made. Like it's probably definitely not a- as fair as taxing the ones who are self-made, who worked hard to get there compared to the ones that were born into wealth. But it's kind of one of those things where you kind of have to uh, compromise, you know, like uh, obviously e- you don't want to tax too much, like like a lot of money. Uh like a huge percentage because that's technically money that they earned and and you could potentially be hurting those who worked hard to earn that, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, uh, but yeah, because there, there's a lot of people out there, you know, like who claim that they are self-made uh, billionaires or millionaires or whatever. And I think that if you're born into a family that's already famous, you know, and you make a product and, you either get their help or you, you know, you, you already have, you were born into popularity and publicity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess I would have a, like a question for you. Like, do you think that counts uh, as a legit self-made oh, for, billion, millionaire? For sure. It's more subtle than, you know, you, I can either fit into this category or this category. That's what makes it so hard. I mean, we're all, we're all born into different circumstances. We all have varying degrees of privilege and there's no real way to, to quantify that. And that's, of course, the, the problem when it comes to making policy is there. there's never going to be a perfect way to to split people up. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. But would you consider people who are like, let's say, uh, 
someone is born into a really wealthy, popular family, and they're trying to like sell a, a specific item, right? And uh, oh, hold on. Um, and they, yeah. Uh, so they make this item, and they end up uh, getting a lot of money from this item, but that money doesn't really come from them like trying to like hustle to like get their um uh like get their uh product out there it's more like they get a lot of help from being born into that oh yeah for sure anyone in that kind of situation claims to be you know a self-made millionaire they're they're full of themselves (laughs) i mean the same the same person making the same thing who was you know born in rural alabama or what have you they're they're not gonna be making millions <laughs> right right no yeah okay so so you wouldn't even though they came up with they with the idea of the product and made the product because they have so much like support or writing in terms of fame and that the product would probably just sell even if it was bad anyway you would not consider them to be like legit billion or like or self-claimed uh self-made billionaires or millionaires i mean it's always it's always going to be complex to even even those who who didn't necessarily start off rich or famous who created uh some product that really took off there's certainly an element of hard work there's certainly an element of uh smarts but there's always going to be that element of being in the right place at the right time too of course yeah <laughs> uh, and some people that that, uh, that may not have born or may not have been born into that may get that uh, you know because sometimes it's the aspect of luck and fate and what have you but would you personally consider that person to be a legit self-made uh millionaire or billionaire like, you're saying the person it, who was you know, born into a fit famous family. And no, I, I already said, no, if they're claiming that they're probably full of themselves. Okay. Okay. No, I, <laughs> I would, I would agree. I, I would definitely agree. Like, it's obviously not their fault that they're born into, into their family or like, it was not like they chose it, but in a technical level, I would not consider that, um, a, like a legit title because of like, you know, like if they have like millions of fans, and the product is like twenty dollars, and half of those people buy it. That's you're already like a like a millionaire just right then and there. Yeah, you know, like just make a decent product that it's not. I like guess it doesn't have to be great. It can be just okay, and you can sell like m- millions of them. Yeah, for sure. Know? Uh, no, but good, good. I don't think there's much of an of an argument when it comes to um, that between me and you because I like I, I'm strong about um like i think it's similar to me although we do have a bit more disagreement when it comes to this other topic the pro-life uh, uh pro-choice thing even though i'm pro even though I'm, I'm on one side like pro-choice i have some specific things that i think that for example like if i were to make laws i would make it so anyone could have an abortion anywhere but if you had a certain amount of like too many abortions like a, on a on a calendar year you would get like penalties and if you get too many penalties you, you can face jail time and the penalties would be like a certain like amount of money first it would be decent then it would start you know accumulating and then if you had multiple times that you did so many abortions that you had multiple penalties throughout a course of like two three years then you would face like an even harsher penalty so even though i am on one side I also think there should be laws because people will take advantage of, like, if you just say, oh, it's pro-choice whenever, don't worry about it. That gives people the, uh, the freedom to be lazy and to just not care and to do whatever they want. Like, for me, like, I, I'm pro-choice, but I've had a, a vasectomy done last week. And I'm still going to be safe even after the two test results that I have to wait three months or so to get uh, come back negative. Like, I'm still going to be safe. I'm going to avoid getting to that situation, even though... If I could choose, I would, uh, if it were to happen, I would have an, an abortion in a specific uh, situation. You know, so so just because I'm on one side, it does not mean that I am like 100% like, um, 
like just blindly gonna like uh like i'm just gonna blindly follow that you know like uh like we're saying like with the um, uh with the politics uh in terms of where the money is going like just because i think we should tax the rich i wouldn't approve i wouldn't be too fond of a law that was super broad about where the money is going you know? mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i think that's i think that's why i'm i think that's why i'm also uh or what i believe to be like a really good person for like an argument because i see on both sides even though i have one side i definitely um i i definitely don't 100 lean to just one side you know yeah for sure anyone anyone who anyone who has the same opinion as you know everyone else on an issue and they're unwilling to see the other side you know they're not really thinking about it <laughs> right right and that that makes you look e- even more foolish you know like if you lean to if you lean so forward into one side that you're not willing to see the other um or at least like have your own opinions and just follow someone else's i think no matter what side you're on that's just like it's um it's foolish it's childish and it doesn't help anyone you know Yeah. But. Yeah, that's why. I mean, look at the state of our country. If more people were willing to actually hear other points of view, I, our culture would not be so toxic. No. <laughs> I I can also definitely agree on that. Um like uh like the uh like the um like the toxic uh, masculinity and the modern uh feminism, you know, like they both have certain points that make sense but if you just call yourself like a like a feminism or like or if you just call yourself like a super like masculine person without knowing that there's certain there's at least certain points or some points at least on each side that just can derail the whole title you know you're just gonna be Like you might as well just not have a brain at that point, you know. Like you, you just you just following orders without understanding that like any and almost any or every side has its pluses and negatives, some more than others. But you at least have to be aware of the negatives of your side, so you can be better at debating and better at understanding the other side while not giving up on the side that you on the side that you believe in. Of course, absolutely. Yeah. No, like I said, like we both agree a lot on on taxing the rich, but something that we don't agree on, Remy, is the pro-life, pro-choice argument. Oh, do you really yeah, want to switch to that now, dude? We're gonna switch on to uh, to those gears. Uh, <laughs> the train's gonna go into some really thin rails. I'll say that. Um, but um, no, so yeah, so I obviously, as I stated, it's pro-choice, which obviously means, uh, in terms of the argument and by the words I said earlier, that Remy is um, pro-life. Um, so here is just like a side note, right? So I'm pro-life. I'm, <laughs> I'm not pro-life, but <laughs> so I, so I, I, I'm pro-choice, but I, like I said, I, I, I did a vasectomy. I am still going to be safe even after the vasectomy. So it's not like I'm just going to go willy nilly have like unprotected sex or whatnot. Not have a vasectomy. I don't even try to do, to try to avoid a situation where an abortion would be, um, an option. Uh, and Remy, he's one of the pro. He's uh, probably one of the only people that I know that is pro-life that I can actually have an argument or a debate with, and not just lose my patience because of how dumb, for lack of like a better word, <laughs> some people sound. Because Remy is vegan. Indeed, yes. Remy is vegan, and um, yeah, and and that is definitely something that like a lot of pro-life people, you know, they say like, oh, I'm pro-life. But this meat be looking really tasty, you know what I mean, and and that's just like a big contradiction in my mind. Like obviously, like you're gonna harm a life no matter what. Like just by living, uh, like your life without trying to harm anything, you may unintentionally harm something. So obviously, th- there's no perfection, but there's definitely levels that you can, like sometimes you can control, but the things you can, You should, and by calling yourself pro-life, that doesn't mean pro. That just that doesn't just mean human life. That means all life. Um, so when someone tells me that they're pro-life, but they don't they don't even try to slow down on me, 
or they don't even like buy like uh, use almond milk instead of cow milk. It it's a really hypocritical stance, I think. Um, but Remy being vegan is better because it actually sh- shows that not only is he not only uh, does he not is he uh, against abortions, but he also uh, tries to um, he he does his part in terms of minimal uh, minimizing the uh, the suffer- pain, and, pain and suffering to other uh, species and, and other forms of life as well. Yeah, and maximizing their their potential for for flourishing. So pe- people are often uh, surprised when I'm uh, when I tell them I'm pro life because there's the stereotype that pro life is like religious Christian like uh, fundamentalist z- zealotry. Uh, Which, to be fair, s- some of them are. But yeah, I, I honestly, a lot. Everyone uh, is. Yeah, honestly, I think a lot of a lot. Obviously, not all, but I I do think a lot of pro-life people do fall into that camp. And uh, so Gregory mentioned he sees that as kind of hypocritical, and I, I actually agree with that. I think it it is somewhat hypocritical for someone to go and say, I'm pro-life, I oppose abortion, but then they go around, they turn around and, and they eat meat, or they they uh, support, the, support the death penalty, or what have you. They use... Uh, insecticides in their house or what, whatever it's like it's like uh the term lukewarm christians you know like people that, that read the bible or read any specific form of ta- of uh uh religious uh text but only choose the parts of the of the bible or uh text that that they feel that they want to use in their life anything else that they don't like they just ignore you know um but yeah, like uh, we're probably gonna have a nice, uh, interesting debate. But at least on a fundamental level, we un- we uh, we seem to respect each other's uh, stands on um, on each of our sides, uh, which is good. Uh, it's a good start for any argument that you disagree uh, with someone on. But uh, now we're gonna go to the part that we disagree on. Uh, you want me to start off, Remy, or you wanna? Where you want to go? Whichever you want. Okay. I mean, if you want to go, feel free. All right. I'll go. So, yeah. Uh, so, for me, I am I was actually initially pro-choice, but it was. it's a funny story. It's actually an argument I had with someone on Twitter that uh, convinced me to, to change my position on the topic. I realized that, that based on my own principles, I was being kind of hypocritical because I was already I was already uh vegan at that point and mm. I I was just having this having this debate with someone about uh abortion and they they posed a, a very interesting question which was basically if someone is in a in a coma they're not conscious they're not thinking they're not feeling but they can potentially come out of the coma is that life valuable so of course i i believe yeah if they can come out if they might come out of the coma in the future and essentially become conscious again then their life is valuable so i i applied that same logic to uh to uh embryo fetus which is obviously not yet conscious until i mean the general consensus is around 20 weeks i think but since it obviously has the potential to become conscious i do consider that particular life to be valuable okay uh i think that's a really uh uh good start um so to that argument i was actually thinking about it um uh, like I do a lot, you know, like one of the reasons why I try to get the other um, size thoughts and opinions is to make sure that I believe in mine. And even though I, I can understand some of uh, the other size uh, thoughts and opinions, um, if I still believe in mine after that, then that really means that I support it. And then I, I have uh, means of having like uh, arguments and debates with uh, uh, like friendly arguments and debates 
uh, with the people uh, on the other side, which I think is also cool. But okay, to, to start off with that, um, so yeah, so someone in a coma could potentially get uh, get out of the coma and be conscious again and, and feel again and live again. They're still alive. My Well, I, I think uh, as of right now, in my, in my head, I have two things for that. One, that person in a coma has already been born. So even though you can say that there's some similarities between the two, a really big difference is that one is born and one is, is not born yet. Uh, so you were saying that the um, the fetus could potentially be born, and that's absolutely true. Um, but uh, my second point is, and this may get a bit, uh, um, how can I say, a, a bit personal. So, um, you know, if you are not about, you know, being really uh, specific and personal and, uh, uh, well, let's just say it's, it, it might get it might get a bit uncomfortable uh, for some people, but, but let's say when uh, when men ejaculate, right, right. <laughs> so that is uh, potentially, you know, and people make jokes and, and memes about it. But scientifically speaking, that is uh, when you just uh, ejaculate without having sex with anyone, uh, like a, a female, or or even like. Uh, or even uh, well, nah, uh, never mind. So <laughs> when you when you when you ejaculate with uh, when you're not having sex with a fertile female, you're technically speaking, in a way, in a really specific way, you're wasting potential human lives, right? And when you let's say when a guy just uh, ejaculates somewhere, you know, um, they are just throwing just a potential for life every time they do it and yeah it's usually only one is gonna one or two or even sometimes like in super rare cases five are gonna be chosen but that's five out of well i think like millions of like i don't know i don't know the specifics i i I knew i kind of forgot things thousands or millions i kind of forgot or even hundreds i don't know But, but it's definitely a lot and i think that if you're gonna if someone's gonna go really hard on like Oh, uh, the fetus could have been potentially alive, so you're just stopping someone from potentially being born. Wouldn't you be able, at least in a way, to apply that same aspect to men ejaculating? Because, like, any of one of those hundreds or thousands or millions of of sperm could have become fertile and potentially uh, be conscious. Let's say. Because you're using, uh, or you're, you're uh, the person that you're arguing was using the uh, the coma example. Let's say it takes someone three years to get to get back from a coma, right? Uh, it, it takes a woman what, like a um, couple weeks, 40. like uh, well, like a couple weeks to get pregnant, and then like nine months is pregnancy time. Does that sound right? Technically, forty weeks is the typical like pregnancy term yeah okay yeah okay so yeah uh so it takes her 40 weeks to get pregnant which is um i think that's 52 weeks in a year so yeah let's say about nine months i think uh that's close enough yeah close (laughs) enough okay (laughs) i'll take it um let's yeah so it takes her less than a year overall for the whole process to uh to go from start to finish and um man i just completely blanked out uh what was i saying yeah so so yeah so it takes someone two two years to come back from this coma and it takes a woman less than a year to like to get pregnant so like how would it uh damn i just completely lost it around me no i i get what you're saying though so i i I lost my train of thought but like did you at least get like what i like yeah i i I, I get i get what you're saying though and i i have actually heard essentially the same arguments before when i've uh had this debate with others let me let me cover your your first point too which was drawing the line at birth i'm i think it's somewhat of an arbitrary line to draw because what what separates uh you know a fetus uh, a week and a half before birth versus an infant a week and a half after birth obviously it's it's not dependence they're both dependent on the the mother the the fetus a week and a half before birth would technically be uh, viable, and they're they're both going to be uh, 
technically conscious at that point. So I personally think that drawing the line at birth is somewhat arbitrary. Mm. But I uh, I think your other argument definitely holds a bit more water, and I'll, I'll uh, get into my uh, counter for that. Okay. So obviously, I, I I see where you're going. If if the idea is you know any potential human life or you know maximizing human life or any life for that matter is the goal then you know why not have as many as many children as possible you know one per year so obviously that would create a world where uh we don't have enough resources to give everyone a good life and everyone's going to have uh less less of a good life in general so of course we'll we'll start there at the the very extreme and say uh that's obviously not a desirable scenario but of course i think the point gregory was making is where do you draw the line um so what the the example you gave was you know a man uh, ejaculating, yeah. uh, and that's technically, uh, you know, you're wasting that human life, you're, essentially you're kill, of... killing it or, or, or preventing that, preventing potential human life. Right. Um, you could say the same thing. You stay, you stay a virgin for life. Like I fully intend to, that's also, you're technically would be wasting that human life. I guess, we have to draw the line somewhere. I'm sure we can both agree on that. Where yeah, I personally okay. draw the line is That's sort true. of at action versus inaction. So if you have, you already have a pregnant woman, you have a developing embryo or fetus mm. to have an abortion, to take that life is you're, you're acting upon it. Whereas in my case, you know, remaining uh, a virgin for life, you could say that's, you know, wasting of that potential human life, but right. it's inaction rather than action. Uh, so, of course, it it is it is nuanced, and there's not necessarily one right place to draw the line. But that's where I personally draw the line. There, yeah, I I think that uh, uh, they kind of got it there. I think it's all about like I think everyone has their own line that they draw, mm-hmm. and I think that people what people I think and hope that people are trying to do is find like a middle ground to see where they draw the line. I would, like I said, like I would support like something that like after, um, like uh, I think like, like a uh, six, nine weeks or whatever, like you cannot have an, like an abortion anymore. Like I, I would be down to support a bill that after a certain time where, where with that time, the woman is conscious that she is pregnant. She's, she it's obvious that she is pregnant and that she has like one week or two to decide whether or not to do it, I'd be down for that. But then after that specific period of time, she cannot have it anymore. I would potentially support that bill if we're talking about compromising. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, and the, the funny thing is, uh, despite what what our, our, our politicians and our media might imply, I do think a position like that is is one that a majority of Americans hold restricting abortions like after the after the first or second term but uh, allowing them in the first term so of course it it really comes down to to a difference in in fundamental values here so i think what essentially gregory you uh you're giving higher giving more weight to the potential uh suffering of the of the woman and potentially the family for having to go through with an, an unwanted pregnancy and having right. to give birth there. Whereas I would personally give more weight to the fact that, okay, we already have a, a developing uh, being here and to take that life is not just to, to, you know, create a little bit of hardship for, for uh, a family, but you're essentially robbing that particular being of, you know all the potential joys of life it may yet have to experience yeah so i guess we just we just have like literal like opposite like uh uh sides where like i'm more siding with like the potential harm that like or well 
I'm just gonna say this uh, this first and then elaborate. So I'm I'm just going more on like the mothers or the potential suffering for the people who are having the kids, while you're more focused on like the life, the kid itself, like the life that mm-hmm. could be lost. And I th- I've I know I've I've used these terms before, and when we had previously, di- as either when we previously discussed this or when we were discussing another issue, but um, positive versus negative utilitarianism. Uh, which seem to be kind of our our where our fundamental differences are. So, in positive utilitarianism is an ethical view of the world, which I subscribe to, which essentially gives gives the most weight to um, the potential for the potential for any being to to flourish. Whereas Gregory, my understanding of from uh, the conversations we've had on this and on other issues is that. You're more of a a negative utilitarian. You give the most weight to, rather than maximizing flourishing, you give the most weight to restricting uh, suffering. suffering. Yeah. No, correct. I that is a one hundred percent, or not one hundred percent, but that's mo- definitely um, mostly true uh, when it comes to me. So, um, just building off of uh, that, where you said, and kind of more of what I said. Uh, earlier like the suffering aspect like for example if someone like a like a a, let's say a mother she already has a kid and she's working two jobs to uh, to support that kid let's say she gets pregnant and um you know she wants to have an abortion but let's say that that this bill that's going on in florida i i think that they're trying to just ban abortion in general in Florida. I, I could be wrong, but I I think I read that in uh, in, a, in a article somewhere, and I I'm pretty sure I, I, it's a it's a really trustworthy article. But I could be wrong. Um, or let's say that she she just cannot get an abortion because let's say wherever she is, it's banned. Uh, now, I would say that your that your side makes a lot of sense when you come when you think about like. Um, like if a wealthy family, uh, or, or someone in a really wealthy family or someone that was really wealthy got a kid, she had like, at the time to raise it, she had the money to raise it. And even if she didn't really want to raise it, she could just pay someone to do it, which some people do it, uh, or some people do that. Uh, then I could, I could definitely see more of your point. That's more like, uh, you know, she could potentially raise a child, but, uh, you know, it could still have, uh. Uh, some negative impacts, but let's just go to the a bit of the other extreme a, a little bit and go to the mother with the uh, one kid already and working two jobs to support that kid. Accidentally gets pregnant without wanting, and now she cannot get an abortion. Now, uh, let's say that she has has a child, right? And let's say that obviously now she has she has to work even harder and be even more stressed to support two children at once and where many cases in these types of situations the so-called potential for the life to flourish isn't isn't that as much as it is potentially you have a child who has a really bad childhood from her their mother not being really present because she has to work so much from all the stress that her mother their mother's going through and possibly potentially taking out on them uh, not having like a father around or anything like that so in a situation where the life would not even have that much of a great chance at um as you say flourishing and it would just be causing like by it being born it would potentially be causing not other people harm but lime but harm for uh itself because like it's kind of like what i say but not not nearly as bad as my situation of course oh sorry uh my situation is nowhere near uh as bad as that is like I don't like children that much. Like I would have no patience for like kids screaming or crying or anything like that. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just not something that I, I I ever wanted. I think I would be miserable if I did, because like when you really don't want something and you have it, it could sound mean for some people, but I don't really care. That's just the truth. Um, I, I'd be miserable. And obviously, I don't want to be busy more in my life because I want to respect the life that I was given with all the privileges that I've been given as well. Uh, but I also don't want to give someone else 
a miserable father because that can be really bad for their life in general and it could stop it could really put a big block on their on their um flourishing uh, and that's one, one of the main reasons why i would support abortion is because some people if they have <clears throat> a kid they would uh, potentially not only be causing themselves harm, but causing that life that um, that they're going to be forced to have now harm as well. Because as I was saying, like some people cannot really afford to give um, everyone like uh, their family uh, a good life, and especially in a situation like that. So I hear what you're saying, but again, I think it comes down to our, our fundamental difference, uh, positive versus negative utilitarianism. So and. In that uh, extreme scenario, I'd say there's still there's still other options. I mean, yeah, maybe the the mother could raise the child herself. Um, she could put the child up for adoption. Maybe worst case, the child ends up in foster care. And you could say none of those are really great scenarios. And obviously, none of them are great scenarios. But I'd argue that all of them are are better than you know taking taking the life because you're still giving that child a, a chance at life. Even if they have a tough childhood, you're, you're still giving them the chance at life. And even even a, a harsh life has its positive moments that you're, if, if you take that life before it's ever given that opportunity, you're taking away, uh, taking away those positive moments. Hmm. Okay. But now you said something about uh, forced... Uh foster care and, and, and putting them up uh, for adoption i've actually um i've known um people that were that were uh, raised in foster care and um and uh, places like that and they are um really uh they're like uh, or at, back then i i believe it was in high school they are or sorry they were like really big republicans and all that but the one thing that they did not uh, agree on with them and more agree with the democrats was that they were pro-choice because they know uh, what it's like to be raised and in foster care and i see your point like you're you are technically potentially also taking away the positive the potential positive moments for that life to experience but then you you also have the fact that this world that we're living in like the planet's already uh, reaching its limits when it comes to like population and numbers. So, if people, let's say, people just had uh, as many do, like unprotected sex and had kids and were forced to have those kids, um, the population would potentially just shoot up, and then we would once again be uh, be creating a world where an increasingly number of people have worse and worse lives, and. Yeah, I just think that like um, that the potential for suffering when it comes to like uh, the majority of times that a, a pregnancy happens where they cannot get an access to an abortion, I think that would be higher than the potential for that life to thrive considering the options. Because let's say that everyone, uh, like I was saying earlier, everyone was forced to have abortions and they were like, you know what? Or, uh, sorry, they were forced to not have uh, or to have the uh, other child and everyone was just like oh we can just do this as many times as we want because we can just put them for foster care or put them up, up for adoption so now you have an increasingly overwhelming number of kids going to those uh, already uh, overwhelmingly failed homes and um once again like not being raised by parents in a, a uh, situation like that I think for the majority of the time, it tends to create um, desperation and not like a an, uh, like when you when you grow up when your childhood is not filled with at least some kind of happiness or like discipline, you tend to grow up undisciplined and unhappy. And I I would I like to believe that many people, well not like to believe, but I believe that many of those people grew up to not be like sympathetic at all you know so they potentially grew up to be like really uh, bad people um potentially so that would be like um one of my other big arguments for that i hear your argument i'd i'd have to see uh evidence of your theory to believe it which ones um the one you you just mentioned that if someone has a tough childhood 
they go through foster care, for instance, I'd, I'd have to see evidence that, you know, children who go through foster care are more likely to be, I don't know, psychopaths or what have you, uh, basically bad people. Also, I'm going to, I'm going to derail the conversation here because something else you mentioned, uh, that our world is already reaching its population limits is what you said. And I don't, I don't really agree. The world is potentially reaching its population limits if we continue with our uh, current lifestyles, but there there are certain certain uh, relatively easy changes can make, and we already touched on this a bit. But for instance, uh, not eating meat, we right. we can potentially support like twice as many people on this planet if if we stopped eating like uh, stop consuming so beef meat. and dairy alone. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like uh, and, and sorry to uh, interrupt your. Uh your uh train of thought but um i just wanted to add to like yeah we we could like if we did that it would be definitely uh a huge increase in the gap of of people that we can hold and it's it is an easy choice it's also an easy choice to stop uh like in terms of like ethical it should be easy to stop people from or big companies from from uh uh, polluting so much from uh, overfishing from um stopping uh illegal um sales of, of of animals of endangered uh species to stop um or to just you know have everyone use solar to do this and to do that those should be easy and those could i would well agree that those could increase our population gap by a lot but what how how things are going right now the likability of of our government or most governments actually doing that I, I think that is an incredibly hard um, or tough or I like to say really, I, I think it would be like a really uh, like a near like a miracle for uh, for that to happen. So I'll say like in, in this current path that we're going right now, uh, I, I don't think I see like everyone changing because there are people out there who, who will like I, I I worked in in retail, and I, I heard this father talking to his kid. It's like, oh, um, you know, you should eat meat and not eat, you know, just plants because you have to grow like big and strong, you know. And he, uh, I think he says he says something like, oh, you know, um, if you want to have like muscles and, and grow big and strong and not just weak and pathetic, something like that, you have you have to eat meat. And 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 the kid was actually well, no, I don't know what that was, but um, <laughs> um. You have to be, um, you know, you have to eat meat. And the kid was actually like, well, I guess I just won't eat meat then, <laughs> which was, which I think was actually pretty funny. <laughs> there, are people Respect. There, there are people out there who think that. And there are politicians out there and news, uh, news hosts and casts who will feed their viewers that if it means, um, if it means getting their, uh, their views and, and getting paid. Like, uh, uh, there's a, a news channel called Fox News. That they're being. I don't think I don't think anyone's heard of it. I think you, you should Fox News. I don't think anyone's heard of that. I think you should elaborate. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Fox News is a uh, is, is a news is a news channel, and if you have not heard of it, then you've probably been living in a cave for, <laughs> or you probably have been raising a kid for you know your for fifty years or so. Uh, but but yeah, so, so so they are actually they were being sued by the uh, a voter. Dominion Voting Machine Company, because they were spreading uh, potential lies about uh, frauds and, and stuff. So, so they so they were being sued. I think they're still being sued, and they're forced to hand over emails and certain texts between the hosts, showing that many of the things that they talked they talked about, like um, on, on their news channel, um, the saying that they support it in real life, they apparently do not support at all. If if anything, they actually hate it. Um, like uh like many of them were uh caught like texting uh saying that like you know that they actually didn't believe that the election was stolen or or anything like that or that's you know that was just uh ridiculous and one of them was actually caught texting in a couple of emails too was that um they were saying that if they didn't lie like they did they wouldn't get the viewership that uh, that they do and that if they stopped 
they would end up like some other forgotten news channel, you know? So there's that too. And I think with that and people still supporting them, supporting those ideas, I don't think that world would, would come to be. Um, but would you at least, instead of completely banning people, uh, their freedom and choice for their own body completely, would you, like if, if it was me on one side and you on the other, would you be willing to compromise on the, on like a certain amount of weeks, like where the woman will know obviously that she is pregnant so she can make a choice on wh- whether to do it or not. But after this specific time, she won't be able to do it. Would you be able to compromise on that? Oh, of course. I think, re- you know, reducing, uh, reducing the number of abortions slightly is better than not reducing them at all. That's fair. That's right. And now, would you also agree that women should, like some people are saying, oh, three weeks, but some people, some women, apparently, I, I, I'm not a woman and I've never been pregnant and hopefully never will. Um, so I don't know. But I think like there's a specific amount of weeks that some people were suggesting where a woman wouldn't know if she's pregnant or not. So wouldn't you agree that women should, should have like a certain amount of time where they know that they are pregnant so they, they then can make the choice, you know? Well, again, it, it it will just come down to different values. I get what you're saying, and obviously that's not an ideal scenario. But I still would place greater value on the on the the life growing inside the woman that we'd be, you know, robbing them of all the potential potential pleasures of life. No. Oh, okay. Actually, okay. So I have a pretty interesting question. We have a little bit of time left, so I have a one last question for you. So you're saying that you value the potential of life, of a life to thrive and be happy and succeed potentially, right? Yeah. So what do you say about what if the woman's potential of succeeding, being happy, uh, would be extreme, would be, um, let's say uh, there's a really high extreme chance that the woman's life would deteriorate. Uh, let's say she had a career, she worked uh, really hard for she has like a bachelor's degree or something she has this thing that she uh, worked hard for years and years and years um or any situation like that and having this child would um stop her from enjoying life anymore and let's say she would be like me where like she wouldn't want to raise a child a child but like a, a near impossible thing happened where she she did get pregnant even though she, she tries her best to be careful and now her potential of enjoying life and thriving further would be stopped by having this child um, at like, let's say she knows by like the third or fourth week. Would you not allow her to have an abortion then? So I, I'll say, I'll first say there is a place I'll draw the line uh, sort of in that way. It's not in this scenario because uh, the, the embryo or the fetus still potentially has its an entire life ahead of it, let's say, you know, 80 years or what have you, whereas the mother, let's assume she's, I don't know, 30, she's got 50 years ahead of her. So even, even, you know, theoretical worst scenario, having the child basically ruins the mother's life. She's never able to experience happiness again, which obviously isn't realistic, even if it, I mean, even not, if not ever happy happiness again, but it would be a complete, just like, um, Awful turn. For, for yeah, more, for more yeah. I, I'm just saying, in in the extreme scenario, which right. is obviously unrealistic, because it'll it'll take a toll on her life. But obviously, it, she will be able to experience happiness again. But even if it were, you know, the absolute extreme Worse. scenario, mm-hmm. her life is basically over. She's never ex- able to experience pleasure again. I'd still still value that the embryo or fetus's life more because it still has you know potentially more years of experiencing life's joys ahead of it i i'll i'll get to i'll get to where i i would draw the line though because the basically what you're trying to ask me is in a scenario in which having the child reduces the you know the flourishing potential of those who are already already uh born and living their lives it the reduction there is greater than the potential uh potential for flourishing of the the unborn child 
So the place I would draw the line is if uh, if a child gets pregnant, I would say in that particular scenario, a th- an abortion is definitely warranted because not only, well, again, you know, say a 13 a year old child gets pregnant, there's they still have most of their lives ahead of them, which would be to an extent ruined. And not only that, but potentially the lives of their entire family would be significantly impacted. So in that particular scenario, I think the the reduction of flourishing potential for uh, those already born and living their lives is probably greater than it would be to take take the life of the child. But didn't you say that since a child, like a fetus has more living potential than someone who's already born, that the fetus should be valued more? Like that is a, like whoever is like, I don't know, but like, uh, I, I, just thinking of like a third a pregnant, thirteen year old. Oh, that's just like. Just oh, it's messed. Yeah, like, that's it's, messed it's up. But... up. I mean, it <laughs> happens because, like, you know, we we live in a somewhat fucked up world. But back to your point, didn't you say that we should value the fetus more because it hasn't the longer? Yeah. So, so I'm so I'm saying in this particular scenario, it's because not only is it, you know. S- significantly negatively going to impact the life of the the 13 year old but also mm. potentially this 13 year old child's entire family will be significantly negatively impacted if uh if she does go through with it so in this particular scenario i think that the reduction in flourishing potential for the 13 year old child and their parents and any siblings they have probably outweighs uh the reduction in flourishing potential for the unborn child by just taking its life. What if it's the same situation, but for a 20 year old, like same exact situation, but uh, she's 20 years old. I think it, in that scenario, it it will probably have less of an effect on the family. I think it's going to be a lot more, but what if it has a, about the same effect on the family? I mean, that's a, here we go with another thing that's not really quantifiable. So you have to draw the line somewhere, and it's not going to be perfect. Um, okay. I, I mean, if you could prove, if you could theoretically somehow prove that the uh, reduction in flourishing potential for the family will be greater than the reduction in flourishing potential for the unborn child by simply taking its life, then Yes, I would say in that case, it's an abortion is warranted. But again, we can't really quantify it. So I, right, I draw the line at, I guess, it's as arbitrary as anything, but under 18. <laughs> so, okay, so but would you make a thing where you would ban abortions for anything else besides that specific scenario? Like, would you ever consider six weeks before completely ban? You know, because because obviously, like, let's say that let's say they uh, they ban abortions, right? People are probably gonna try to have abortions anyway, like illegally, just to not have a child, which I, I think many have done, and I can definitely dig up some reports uh, of that and and, and uh, send them to you. Oh, for sure, um, it happens. Right. Um. So people are, are are gonna try doing that, and obviously, people are going to not like that society because people don't like being restricted completely. Like some people can compromise like me in terms of like um, how much a certain power limits you of doing something like, uh, like speed limits, right? Like you can go like on a 50, you can go 50, which is pretty fast. But if you go like 85, you're going to get like a speeding ticket, you know? So, but you, you accept that because you know how dangerous it is to drive 85. Some people still do it. But you, there's an understanding that if you drive that fast, not only is there is it super dangerous, but you could uh, potentially uh, have to pay a fine. Um, so would you be fine with completely banning abortion from any scenario besides one that you deem worth of having one? So that's an interesting question. What I will say is I, I would still consider it to be uh, ethically the wrong choice in most scenarios to you know, to have an abortion, even if it's before, before the second term or, or however, wherever you want to draw the line. However, for our society as a whole, I'm, I might 
be willing to accept that some sort of compromise like that, like six weeks or like the first term, might be better for our society as a whole. was done it was good it was set but it did not seem to have uh saved on the um website that i used to record so sadly very sadly you folks will not uh, will not be able to hear what uh what transpired after that but pretty much we ended it in a pretty good note um you know uh rem was uh quite vocal and, and honest all, throughout the whole video it was honestly a really fun time. Um, yeah, it, it was a fun time, and I think we both, uh, I think we both did really well in, in getting our points across. And in the end, you know, even even uh, as strong as uh, he is on his stance, we did come to an agreement that um, for the topic of conversation. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, for the talk, for the topic of. A conversation and um just to kind of agree you know kind of uh how you say compromise a little bit we we did agree that you know sometimes you uh in order to uh, be able to not necessarily please both sides but in order to make uh some things work you have to come to come to a, a compromise and we ended up in, um agreeing on uh in terms of, 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 of abortion having um, or giving people, you know, six weeks or so uh, to be able to get an abortion, which he did tell me uh, on the recording um, that it is not something that he necessarily would want, but he does, he does seem to understand the, um, the overall uh, concept of a society and how, that may not really work, you know, like uh, stopping everyone from doing something may not work in terms of like ruling or uh, helping a, a society be healthy and stable. Uh, so, and overall, it was not really, or it would not really be what both either side would want, like uh, on like a complete honest scale. But for, for a compromise, we did agree on that. Um, so yeah, it, it was uh, it was a really healthy debate, a really healthy ending. Um, uh, this podcast is uh, I want this podcast to be about that. You know, you folks may not like it, you folks may not understand, you folks may even hate some of the things that we may say here. But um, yeah, just remember that that everyone has their own opinions on things, and like I said, sometimes you have to come to a compromise uh, when it comes to any kind of relationship, life, jobs, career, school, many things. Uh, or even life in general, um, you know. Sometimes it's, it's not about always compromising. Sometimes you may not want to, or you you don't think it's worth it, and that's fine. You know, it's about drawing a line on that and making sure that uh, that all parties, including yourself, understand where that line is. You know, um, so so uh, the summary is: compromises are very important to maintain stability but should not be something that you should always look for. Sometimes some things are not worth a compromise or the compromise is not good. Like in a toxic relationship, for example, there's so much that you can compromise until you are compromising yourself and not the, not like small things like, uh, you know, what you wear, places that you both go to eat, um, the shows that you watch, movies that you watch, you know, uh that's basic and f fine you know depending on who you are but if you are someone uh sorry uh, but if you're talking about something like changing who you are to a scale that it would be detrimental 
then obviously that's a bit of a completely different level. So yeah, um, it was, uh, like I said, it, it was really fun. I hope to have more people, um, like a big, like a big variety of people on the podcast in the future. I have some, some things in the works. Hopefully I will try my best to make them work out, but uh, thank you very much for listening. I appreciate, uh, y'all's, uh, understanding your patience and everything really means a lot as I, uh, work through the, um, the ropes with, uh, with this, uh, uh, with this podcast of mine. And I hope you, you all are able to, even if you don't like some of us or opinions, um, you know, please don't forget that everyone has their own opinion and you may not like it. Some opinions can be a bit extreme, um, but some people may honestly believe in them. And it's about, you know, being able to have a debate and uh, trying to be honest with each other. And if not, if it's not, if it's not someone that you can debate with or normally talk to without losing your mind or your patience, because I definitely have some people like that, uh, that I've known in the past, then it's fine. But if you were, you know, so, you know, associating with this person in any way, it kind of doesn't make sense, you know? So I strongly recommend if you have anyone like that, you know, for example, me and Remy, we disagree on pro life for choice, but we're still able to debate about it and come to a agreement, like a healthy, uh, conversation. Uh, if you have a tough time doing that with someone and it's some, about something big that you really believe in, it's completely up to you if you want to be associated with them or not. Um, but in the end, if you have a choice and you make a choice, that is on you. Uh, if you don't want to be around that person, just let them know. It may hurt, it may be uncomfortable, absolutely. But it's worth it for your sanity and for your mental and uh, physical health. You know, you know, it's always good to have good people around you. And if sadly you don't have anyone, then it's better to be alone, mm-hmm. honestly. You know, it's better to uh, starve a little bit than to eat rat poison. You know, so once again, thank you everyone for listening. I apologize for this uh, slight inconvenience. I hope you all did enjoy the, um, thankfully, uh, the the piece of, of the episode that I was able to save, which was the initial big chunk of it. Um, this week, we will be planning on a bit of a preview that we've been actually talking about. Um, we talked about outside of the podcast that we want to just uh, have a, an episode uh, to focus it, focus on it alone. It's going to be guns, gun safety, the Second Amendment, who should have it, where should we have it, what gun should we ban, things like that. So I hope you all get excited for that as, as much as I am. Um, and hopefully, you know, let's uh, always strive to um, try our best to have uh, honest and good and healthy conversations. You know, even in this agreement, we can, we can still be friends. Um, of course, that's not for everyone. Everyone has their own specific thing, but it's a, it's a balance, you know, like many, if not all things in life. So thank you very much for listening to the <laughs> 10th episode of the Off the Rails podcast. I'm really happy to uh, have made it this uh, have made it this far, and I hope to uh, make many more. Here's to 10 more. And once again, <laughs> thank you very much for listening. I hope you all have a great day and uh, stick around. And uh, wait for the next episode next week to drop, episode 11 of the podcast. See you then. Great day to you all. Take care.